All right, we're back with the Creator Club podcast. Thanks for jumping into another episode. You're here with John Marsh, and I hope you're having a great week so far. If you're a coach or creative business owner on this show, we go through the key skills to help you attract dream clients, bring more money into your business and love your sales process, and grow your business with confidence. So today, we've got a really cool conversation with Ashley Taylor from MA Services, and Ashley is an absolute weapon in the best sense of the term. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while. Ashley is a creator uh, and founder of MA Services, and Ashley and her team over at MA, they help online coaches and trainers, and also some who will still work face-to-face as well, build stable, long-lasting businesses and they help them to build their business. And they do this through service builds, so back-end work, uh, virtual administration, so they help you with all kinds of tasks so that you're more efficient and more effective in your business and can focus on the stuff you are good at and love. Uh, Graphic design, so they can also assist with branding and packages to help your business come across professional and build that long-lasting platform. And there's also a coaching element as well. So Ashley does work with people individually and helps them with their business growth. So I'll let Ashley cover the details of all of that because she moves very quickly. She has a lot of speed. She's been able to build this business so far quite fast. They're about a year old. But she's also got an incredible amount of empathy and her ability to listen to the market, slow down and really hear what people are saying and what people need, and then create really high quality, really high impact solutions for those needs is remarkable. And so if you're listening to this, see how that could apply to the work that you're doing, right? Listen to how she talks about her way of uh, seeing opportunity and then delivering results and then reflect back to your market, your niche, whatever it is that you do and see if you can tune into what people are saying because I think if there's one takeaway from this episode today, uh, it's around that empathy. It's really quite unbelievable what she's able to do. All right, let's jump into the show Thanks for joining me. You're here with John Marsh. And today on the show, we've got Ashley Taylor from MA Services. And you're listening to the Creative Club podcast. Like you've only been going, what, a year? Not even? Not yet. No. Yeah. So tell us about, um, well, maybe a bit, a little bit about your business. Mm-hmm. But then what, what was going on for you before that? Mm, so the business obviously is in the fitness industry. And I have a really strong back office background I've been in operations for a really long time Um, but my career started around five years ago in the disability industry and I was a therapeutic care specialist I have a psychology background and I ended up getting into a management role for a high-risk facility Um, from that I moved on to another role and at the start, I thought it was just a house management position. I was like, okay, cool, no dramas. Um, but I actually was one of the key managers in the deinstitutionalization of Morissette Psychiatric Facility. So it was one of the largest projects that the Department of Community Justice ever run. Um, I was 
23 year old wow. <laughs> um, young manager and I was obviously working with older RNs that had been in the industry for so long so there was a lot of challenges that I had to go through in order to gain respect from the staff members there um, and I was in that role for probably a year and a half to two years and that was one of the toughest gigs I think I've ever had. Um, I had 300 staff underneath me, I trained up four managers and I was working with some of the most dangerous people um, who were in old school institutions so that's definitely where I learned all of my management experience that role was really the catalyst to how I gained so much experience in business mm. because I was just forced to learn on the job you were just throw, effectively thrown into it yeah so I applied for a house manager role and I was like cool I know how to do this and then they were like um yeah actually deinstitute like doing the deinstitutionalization I was like I have no idea how to do this so I just learned on the job um and it taught me a lot of resilience, mm. a lot. So it was definitely the catalyst to the person I am today. Um, and it was very, very difficult. But We'll get into it, but you must be one of the only people where your own business now feels like a break from, maybe not really, but you know what I mean? Like you, your training in terms of the capacity sounds like it's higher almost than for most people going into small business, you know? Definitely. It's... It's still hard in its way, but it is a big break from yeah. what I used to do. And it's kind of fun compared to what I used to do. I was dealing with so much reporting and the medical side of things and different awards and different um, staff members and constantly having the big corporation regulated. Yeah. So um, it definitely is a break. And that is the reason why I left that job. I unfortunately burnt out from how much I was going through. I was doing consistent 70 to 80 hour weeks for a year straight. Um, what did that look like, the burnout? I was just emotionally exhausted. Yeah. I couldn't work through my emotions. I'd just end up crying if something happened. And that's when I knew that I just needed to take a break. And mm. I wasn't passionate about what I was doing anymore, which was really sad um, because I absolutely loved disability. I loved my job and I loved the staff that I worked with. But... I was so burnt out and so I would say emotionally immature because in the last year and a half since that job, I've developed so many more skills um, and I burnt out. I said, I just need a break. Mm. I just need to drop down to a casual role. Um, obviously, being a young female in a management position, managing 50, 60 year old males who have been in an institution their mm. whole life, it can really get to you. Um, not that it's a bad thing but it can really get to yeah, you. Yeah. It was really difficult. By the end of it, obviously we had a really great relationship, but there was always that question of she's younger than me. Mm. She doesn't know what she's doing. Mm. And half the time I really didn't know what I was doing. I was winging it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's where MA really came from is I took a break from the industry and I went into a casual role. And I remember at this time last year, I was starting to follow um, a couple of coaches because I was very much into the WBFF competition um, and I started to follow their journeys and I remember their competition was the 14th of April last year, I think, and afterwards I was scrolling through Instagram and I was a little bit lost with my life little midlife crisis I was happening working a casual job and I remember speaking to my mom and I was like I really want to start a business I don't know what I want to start and we kind of came up with the idea of a virtual admin service for trades because that's my family's background 
and that's where the name MA Services came from <laughs> um, because my mum's name is Michelle and I'm Ashley. So okay. Yeah, the yeah. M and the I was a. always wondering that. <laughs> yeah. um, were, your, were your parents entrepreneurial? Pardon? Was your mum business-minded? Was she in, like they'd been in small business or done their own stuff? My parents have been in small business for five to five years, I think now. Yeah. Um, no, I... I get my worth ethic from my parents, yeah. but no, not business-minded at all. I think I just learn on the job. Um, mm. I teach my mum a lot of the stuff, but in regards to like finances and accounts, she's the brain, so yeah. she definitely helps me out there. Um, but yeah, last year I was sitting on Instagram and scrolling through stories and I just saw this story from a coach and it said, does anyone know how to make a spreadsheet? And I remember flicking past it and then I was like, no, I'm going to go back and I'm going to see what she wants. And I made her a spreadsheet. It's basically the concept of what we sell today. Um, and she shouted me out on her story and then it just snowballed from there. And I said, I have to make a page to do this. I can't be doing it on my private page. I made the business page and that happened in April. And then in July, I launched the My Fitness Power Guide. And then from that, it just snowballed out of control and turned into a big business. So mm. that's really the story. It was just word of mouth from coaches. They really needed spreadsheets that worked for them. A couple of the training apps that they use do have gaps with the knowledge that they need in order to do check-ins. And that's where I came in. I had an understanding of the nutrition side of things and the formulas. And that's how the business really evolved. Mm. <laughs> You have the byline or the tagline around the fairy godmother mm. thing, which I love. And I think that encapsulates it really clearly. So if we were like f basically to round it up, you're firstly started off solving like critical problems, but you know, it's like probably you're helping coaches with backend with spreadsheets to manage clients accounts finances like everything no not finances okay. at all um it's just the check-in process okay. so there was a large gap in the market for um actually tracking data accurately and there's so much back and forth with different apps and subscriptions that don't talk to each other in the coaching industry so really what the spreadsheets did was bring them together and act as a byproduct to them so um as well as uh, i think everything that i've created have have has come from coaching feedback and what they need. Mm. Um, but basically it's the middleman between the apps that don't talk to each other. So that's how it really started. And yeah, the fairy godmother just, it came from a coach, I think. And then it just called on and now all the VAs are called the fairy godmothers. And mm. yeah, we're just kind of like there to support everyone in the industry. Yeah. I think we could almost slow down and do the whole episode on the flow from one you know, you saw the question about the thing, right? The spreadsheet. And we, you know, that's like being able to see in inverted commas the market. And normally when we scroll, we're like kind of self-absorbed, mm. but something triggered, right? In you, in your DNA or your programming to go, wow, like, okay, this person's got a problem. Then that led to, you know, what asking more, like, what do they need? Mm. And then when you said created a page, that's an Instagram, another Instagram account, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just to, for me, just, yeah. so. okay. So then you created the page, yeah. but the order, right, was the market, who, the mm -hmm. problem that they've got, where are they trying to go? Why can't they get there? Mm -hmm. Can I solve that problem? 
okay, I'll create now the page which serves as the platform to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of people, it's the other way, right? Like I want to be this or I want to do this, uh, but there's not necessarily a need in the market. Uh, could you talk about that? Like it sounds really simple and really obvious when we talk about it now. And like, that's what all businesses should do. Yeah. It doesn't always happen that way. You know, a lot of times it stems from a passion or I want to go in, I want to be a coach or I want to do these things. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you go? Was that conscious? Do you think about that very much? Your problem solving um, perspective? I do, and I think it honestly relays back to the fact that I am a consumer of the market, so I know what the client's missing. So as a consumer with a coach, I knew what I was looking for from a coach, and the the conjunction between the apps and not talking to each other, that was something that I struggled with. So I made a pro- product pr- purely that would help me um, do check-ins as a client, and that's where it all kind of stemmed from. Can so you... Can you um break that right down like Mm. as the client what does that mean when it wasn't talking to itself what did you have to do like what was that problem actually what how did you experience the problem yeah so with obviously nutrition tracking your macros um, there's an app called my fitness pal and it's very difficult when you don't know how to use it and something is when your coach sets your macros every day you have to reach them on your my fitness pal but something that doesn't work for me is I can't look at one page and then calculate the next page over a weekly average because that's what most coaches work in hit your weekly average and it just wasn't functioning for me so if I went like 20 grams over my carbs on a Wednesday I couldn't calculate it to figure out how much I needed to take off my total carbs for every day to actually hit my weekly average. So I started utilizing spreadsheets because I knew how to do that. And then I could calculate down, oh, if I have 150 a day, I went 20 over, I need to have 135 a day instead. And that's where the idea stemmed from. I was actually tracking myself on a spreadsheet like that when the coach approached me or when I approached the coach and I sent her what I was using and she said, that's perfect. That's exactly what I need. Um, And then something else as well is I obviously am surrounded by a lot of coaches and at that time just watching coaches Instagrams I said I don't know how to explain tracking to people and luckily I had a coach previously a few years prior and she taught me the fundamentals and everything about it and I was like I'm gonna make a guide I know how to do this Mm. so um, it was really exactly the things that I struggled to learn as a consumer entering the industry that's how I transitioned the company in order to make the products so everything that i know even though it may be a weakness that i'm not a coach is i'm a consumer-based person so i know exactly what we're looking for um and that's just simplifying everything Mm. instead of making it more complicated we've just built something that makes it simple and the feedback on the spreadsheets in regards to the macro tracker is wow i actually know how to track my macros properly now because i can see it figure like in front of me visually so Mm. That's where it came from. So you've made the consumer's life easier because now they can look ahead. If they go over on something, basically now they can smoothly uh, accommodate for that, stay within the realms of where they want to be. So there's less stress and it's easy to know what's ahead. Uh, Whereas before it was like, if I go over, do I have to fix it tomorrow all at once? Or how do I do that? then you've also made life easier for the coach because now they can support the consumer, but also they've got uh, a value add every single time somebody signs up, they can make the person's life easier. Yeah, 
Exactly. And I think another thing as well is as a consumer, you really don't understand the holistic process of coaching, especially when you're at the beginning of your journey, you just want results. And that's where the nutrition check-in spreadsheet came from. Because if you're filling out a form every week and not looking at your answers from the previous weeks, you really can't see how much progress you've made in different areas. Mm. So all the ideas really stemmed from the struggles that I had with saying to my coach, I can't see any progress. I don't know if this is worth it. And then she would show me the answers from my forms previously. And I just thought, what's the point of double handling? Let's just put it all into one spot. So it's really stemmed from that. Okay. And then you started to get demand, right? Which is a really interesting world because um, demand needs to exist, right? In the market for the thing to work we can't force demand like we can't do any type of content that's amazing it's going to make somebody want something that they didn't want yeah so you you found you saw feedback okay mm-hmm. people want this then you're like all right i got to build the instagram page it starts to grow you get more clients what did you do then uh in specifically like realizing that this is a real business and this is the thing now I don't need to go back to this other job or like what did life look like at that point and how did you meet the demand like what were the next steps it was chaos was it <laughs> it was so crazy so I think when I launched the MFP guide the how-to guide for the app that's really what launched my business into action I was booked out for three four months in advance before I actually made the decision to turn into a company Um, And honestly, I was working day in, day out, morning and night through lunch breaks. I never stopped. And so what were the just what were the booked out jobs? What were you getting? Was this um, branded MFP guidelines or was this tracking support? Like what were they booking you out for? So um, our two main products that we book out for is terms and conditions. So we write up the fine print and the second one is we create nutrition and check-in spreadsheets and that's what they were booking in for yeah and those are all branded and basically white labeled or whatever so the coach gets it and it looks like it's my yeah we completely customize every single product so whatever they need written whatever formula they need we'll put into the spreadsheet and that's what we were booked out for on top of that additionally we had the products coming through every week um I had to put on a contractor straight away to deal with the demand of the MyFitnessPal guide. I think the way that I actually reached the demand is when I realized I had the idea and I didn't have a plan behind it. I knew I had to work really hard in order to make a plan work. So I reached out to coaches with quite large following and I just said, hey, let me do some free work. And that's really how the company grew. That's how the trust grew with the company. And I was working with quite large coaches and even smaller coaches and they would shout out and that's really the organic marketing that we had um and that is initially how we grew and honestly the product just spoke for itself it made life's easier i made sure that i got testimonials from coaches i made sure that i collected all the data and i was really consistent with that mm-hmm. um and yeah i think also showing my journey and showing the struggles that i went through really helped develop trustworthy relationships with the business and that's where the demand started coming from Mm. Mm. okay now just quickly one more question Mm. because i'm a little bit slow the mfp guide book guidelines guidebook Mm -hmm. it's a pdf 
Yeah. So okay. it's si- again branded for the coach. Yeah. So yeah. it's a 67 page PDF. Wow. And it talks about how to download the app, the nutritional databases, tips and tricks to tracking. This is the one question that. This is the one issue that coaches said, I cannot deal with this anymore. I can't spend hours per week explaining this. So we created a book out of it. It's completely branded, their logos, their colors, um, all the information in the guide is set and we put their MyFitnessPal username into the guide. Um, They can make edits on it if they want. Um, But yeah, everything we do is branded with photos, colors, logos, the customized service. So that's why our products are more premium because we do have all the branding and we provide free rebranding coaches Mm. as well yeah it's so good it's like if i'm the coach now because it's a big you know a lot of people want to do a digital product Mm. or an ebook or something like that Mm. and they think oh i can sell this for 25 Mm dollars or something but the value is in the way that you're integrating it with the business so the bespoke nature of the book Mm -hmm. right like the fact that i can hand my clients a 67 page book that looks just like it came out of my back end is really good for me and for the client. Like it's a whole nother level, right? Yeah. It provides a lot of value and it also saves an immense amount of time. Mm. The My Fitness Power Guide collectively probably took us 60 hours to create and re-edit and restructure. And that for a coach is just not viable so that's where the idea of our products came from we save the coaches time in creating them Mm. even the products now that we have further on down the journey 40 hours go into our products at least because we know it it's funny we joke about it it's it's such a simple product and no one thinks to make it but it's the fact that it takes so much time to create and we just do it and we brand it and it just looks like the coach has supplied it so I love that. Mm. Often I I talk to people about that, like, where's the hard work? Like, where's the work that, you know, people are avoiding? And if you can seek it out and find it and you've got that sort of like work ethic to do it, that's an edge in itself um, because we'll naturally avoid that stuff. So how did you then go, all right, we're going to basically, I know it's sort of quadrants within the services business that you run, but yep. we're basically going to do another business, which yep. is the design. Yeah. And then I want to talk about the VA side. Yeah. Or whichever came first, maybe that yep. might be the way to go. So the spreadsheets came first. Okay. Um, and then the products came behind that, just spreadsheets, PDF guides. Um, and then from that, virtual admin just kind of fell into it. Do you help with set up of back offices? Because I was giving out advice on how to streamline services and how to set up businesses. Obviously, I've had quite a bit of experience with that with my previous roles. So I just found that whatever post created the most traction, I took notice of it. And then we developed the areas from there. And a VA actually came about because someone, a VA client currently, seeked me and said, hey, do you do virtual admin? And I was like, no, but we could. And he was like, yeah, I really need a VA in Australia. And I was like, okay. And he's like, plus you're a fitness company. Like it would just be massive and then I was like all right let's do it basically um and we put together the plans and I had a chat to my friend and asked her to come on board and said do you want to do some VA work with me virtual admin um and that's really how it got started um we launched VA in October we probably had 15 hours a week by December we had about 65 hours a week already so um how did you go from I get it with one client mm. saying, hey, do you do VA work? And then 
servicing that one person. Mm -hmm. How did you go from one to 15, like those early adopters of that new segment? Um, word of mouth. Yeah. <laughs> like the industry is so small. Um, definitely word of mouth, but our marketing was very straight to the point. Like if you need this, we can do this. And mm. our testimonials and being consistent on showing up with what we can offer and what we can provide, um, that's really how it grew. And then honestly, with virtual admin, we don't market it too much, but it's such a high need in the industry. Um, and if I'm really honest, during the consults that I do, so with the spreadsheet monthly consults, people will ask me, hey, do you do admin? Can you help me set up? Mm -hmm. And that's where all these ideas stemmed from as well. Um it was just organic with virtual admin. Someone found out that someone had an assistant. So, hey, can you help me out? You guys are fitness based. You get it. Um, I don't have to explain it. I know mm. that you've got good work. Um, and that's really where it stemmed from. And then, yeah, we, we honestly don't do much marketing. But when we do, we really hit the nail on the head with what we're offering. So, mm. Let's come back to mm. that hitting the nail on the head with the marketing. Talk about the design mm -hmm. just a little bit. Is that something more recent? Graphic design. Graphic design. Yeah. So I'm really impatient person <laughs> and we had a business plan and we were said, yeah, February, 2022, we're going to bring in graphic design. And I think when I was doing spreadsheets, design just comes in hand with it because we're branding for them anyways. Mm. And everyone said, do you have a graphic designer? Do you have a graphic designer? And I was like, I don't, I don't, but I have a graphic designer that I use and I was referring to her. And Is that what you were doing when you did the 67 page books and the, the spreadsheets you were sending it over to her? Yeah. Okay. And then I had a conversation with her a couple months later and she sent me a present for Christmas and she was like, yeah, you've given me a lot of clients and it really sparked something in me. And I said, let's bring this internal, like let's really bring this internal because although she's incredible and I still refer to her, um, the working between two businesses is really difficult for a coach sometimes mm. or for anyone. And it's, your designs are ready, but the spreadsheets aren't. And then communication gets lost. And I just said, let's bring it internal. And as soon as I said that, like my current team, I think I had two people working with me, um, not even employees, just contractors. They're like, yeah, that's a really great idea. And so we made a plan for February to launch it, but the demand just got so high. We just kept getting asked every single day in the inbox, do you have a graphic designer? We just want someone that understands what we want. And so I ended up headed headhunting my graphic designer I jumped onto Facebook design pages, went mm -hmm. through them all, found people that accommodated on design jobs and I ended up messaging my designer, Ray, and said, hey, I know this is really random but I own a business. I need a graphic designer. Can you please send me your portfolio? And she was like, yep. And we had the interview and I just knew that she was the one that we needed. So yeah. it all happened really fast. Ray ended up coming on board in December and doing a little bit of giveaway work just to see how you know the portfolio is built. And then from, since then, graphic design has just been its own little division and mm -hmm. been really complementing to the rest of our services. So Yeah, almost integrated to everything else. Definitely. So people will come to me and they say, hey, can you make me a spreadsheet? I need to book in with your design team. And I was like, yep, I'll do it in the call for you, which also saves them from sourcing another designer externally. They mm. just know that they can come in and get everything done at once. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So where is the business now in terms of you've got a team like how how is it how's it been going how's it feeling leading a team and and running that whole side of it 
scary. <laughs> it's petrifying. Um, but it's incredible. Our team is seriously incredible. And I always talk about the value of having a team, but we hire very specifically. So our VAs are either specialized in fitness or they have an understanding of the industry. Or for example, one of them has a really strong background in marketing and social media. The other one is a HR um, graduate. So we are very particular with who we hire into the business because obviously a team can make and break it, but it works incredible. Everyone has their own little areas. We all work together. Um, It's a very autonomous role and we make that very clear when you're coming into the business. But I think that's the best part about it is because there's no micromanagement and as long as the job gets done, it's fine. But Mm -hmm. the team is incredible. I couldn't ask for anything more. Um, Everyone is just so skilled in their ways and the products really show for themselves. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Talk about um, some of the clients. Mm -hmm. Uh, What change do you see happening with them? Obviously, like when I hear all of this, I'm like, wow, you actually, if in my head, I'm mentally checklisting, you're saving time, you're increasing status and brand, you're giving resilience and longevity to the coach, uh, you're reducing stress because now when things are tidied up, like that's one of the biggest things. Um, And to me, it feels huge, right? Like huge value. Sometimes we talk about like sell the, you know, $100,000 Mercedes for $10. And that's kind of what I'm feeling in terms of the value that they're getting. Could you talk about what you see happen with a coach or some of the change uh, that you notice when you work with clients and and work with the coaches? Yeah, definitely. Um, Really from every division, it's different, but virtual admin is probably the biggest one. So coaches will come to us petrified I can think of a few in in my head now petrified to let someone into their business but they're so burnt out they're doing 80 hour days and they have no idea what's going on in the back office their finances aren't managed and it's just because when you become a coach you're taught how to be a coach Mm. you're not taught how to manage the back end of things and sometimes business can get so crazy that you just forget about it and the the mental state that they're in when they come to us, they're just so exhausted and frazzled and all over the place. And three, four, five months on now, I think one of them has been with us for six months. She's so relaxed and just knows that her VA, Laura's with her, that things are going to get done. She's so calm. Even talking to her, you can see the change in her presentation. Um, And it's just having that extra assistance is people really don't, understand Mm. the investment of it um and it's just gone from all over the place don't know what's happening to okay i have a va that can help me everything's all good and a lot of the coaches that come to us are still face to face and online and now they're transitioning to online because we're able to set their goals for them and help them build towards their um, income and i think that is one of the best parts of our va service is if there's too many ideas coming from a coach at once we'll say stop Mm. let's set some goals Mm. and we're going to work on them slowly and especially with some of the newer coaches that come to us and they're still so caught up in the craziness of working on their own we actually stop them and say no that's not our task for the week this is what we're doing because we know this is going to help you in the long run and Mm. the testimonials really do speak for themselves so yeah it's, it's funny watching them come really 
really anxious and confused about business and they they leave feeling really confident and independent Mm. and no matter what division they go through we all have some form of advice to give them or some value to give them Mm. and they just feel so much better for themselves and confident in their business which is a great feeling for the team and then they can show up consistently too definitely so you see the marketing change you see the sales change even the whole energy changes yeah definitely especially the brand identity area of things the um the coaches that come and finally get something designed for them that really reflects who they are um the confidence is crazy and then they'll start investing in different areas of their business because they know no matter what money they spend their brand identity and their branding is all the same so yeah it's a really great feeling Mm. to empower the coaches you go from that frazzled kind of by the like you know whatever the saying is like on the edge to now you've got a business that you can reinvest back into and see the results of doing that over time yeah cool so i guess the uh you know overall you describe basically a market-driven business from the beginning and that's a learned skill for a lot of people some people never can understand what that is like mm-hmm. that feeling and then some people have it very quickly and very naturally mm-hmm. um is this you know looking forward and where you're heading what are you hearing from the market what are you seeing what are you interested in how is this leading you now like what are you focused on at the moment i think now my passion is really set alive with building stable businesses for coaches i think the fitness industry is such a needed industry and coaches just need that little bit more support and like obviously health and fitness is so important to every aspect of your life and honestly just being that company that people can come to and know that they can rely on and giving the whole rather than just little bits and pieces giving a whole service to actually take time to understand who the coach is and how we're going to assist them I think that really is the future um everything just falls under the big umbrella and knowing that if oh if they've done my graphic design I can just go back to them they already know who I am it saves the whole introductions and process Mm. again so I think that's a really large part of it um I love that once you've created trust with the client you're seeing the value of the trust so it allows you to uh go what's next and how can we support them further yeah definitely yeah. and i think at the moment we're just going to continue what we're doing for a couple of years um because there's so many things so much innovation to happen i think that's a key part of the business we're always innovating different areas and mm. not changing everything drastically but tweaking everything um but definitely just showing coaches that they're not alone and that there are different ways without having to invest thousands of dollars in new systems that would just make life harder. So mm. definitely, yeah, that's the, the near future at the moment. <laughs> so so do you, did that vision, did that idea like creating stable businesses and be, being becoming a business hub that helps to create effectively other businesses, mm-hmm. which is really cool concept, has that vision sort of started to come to you more now or was that always the plan or is that sort of like crystallizing what the future looks like still something that's coming for you does that make sense like because you were basically from the sounds of it almost falling forward Mm. servicing the market based on the need Mm. seeing rapid growth and then 
now it's this feeling I want to go here and this is what we want to create. Mm. Um, could you talk about that at all? Like, has that been something you've noticed or that you think about? I honestly think that the market need is obviously my disability background. Client-centered support was a key factor of what I taught. So obviously client-centered businesses has just come really naturally to me. Um, I've always been super passionate about like empowering especially women in business and women in powerful roles. And I think when you start doing research on small business, it's a vital key to actually having a successful business. When I was researching the statistics and watching you know, friends go in and out of business and seeing failures of companies. And I think it was really, I just want to stop it. Like, why, why was this happening? Mm. If I can make a small impact to help empower people to actually push forward with their businesses, that's what I wanted because, um, like, it's really difficult <laughs> to run a business. And I think, yeah, I'm just so passionate about bi- giving people the education because, as it's and the way that I explain it, it's the exact same coach concept for a coach. They just want their clients to have the ed- education to be sustainable. I just want them to have the education to be sustainable. Um, and yeah, that's really where it came from. I'm just really passionate about educating people on how to do things properly, um, because if you do, then you know it just starts this consistency and it just starts this pattern where everything will start moving. Mm. You've shifted a kind of an energy shift it feels like from the beginning of this person needs this mm-hmm. i can give you that to i see that you need this let's talk about where you want to go yeah. have you thought about this there's like a almost like a a guide or leadership piece that you strategy piece that you're bringing into the clients as well has that been something that's just come from experience and working with so many different coaches yeah definitely i think i've always been a leader my whole life um obviously with my background leading a lot of staff and I think it it really does come naturally to me everyone is different um everyone has different strategies and I think it's what you need but how are you going to I can give you the tool but how are you going to actually use that in your everyday life so definitely having a greater understanding of the story and Okay, the other thing, there's only a couple more things I wanted to cover. Mm. One is speed. Mm-hmm. So when you're, you know, working, we work with a lot of different businesses and the speed that people will move at, there's a huge spectrum based mm-hmm. on, you know, whatever's going on and, and background and these kind of things, skill sets. Um, from what you're talking about, the journey that you've just shared, which has only been a year. Yeah. And now there's like four quadrants of the business. If yeah. it, four? Three? Yeah, four. four. Yeah, quadrants. Four quadrants. Um, team, vision, like new products coming out, innovation. Mm-hmm. That only happens through a lot of speed. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean like hustle, like mm-hmm. necessarily, maybe sometimes it is. But could you talk a little bit about your thinking process or your operation process of how you move from all right, maybe we should do this to like that's going out next week or there's a beta test going out or how? what's your process like in order to do that so fast? Business plans. <laughs> business plans. I don't – I am constantly talking about business plans but um, I think I'm very lucky in the sense that we have hit a gap in the market so the ideas that come to us we can quickly implement 
if we obviously have the service to do it. Um, I really don't know how to break down the way that my brain thinks because as soon as I hear something, I'll flip it into an operational management and implement it that way. I think, I don't know where that's come from, Um, but definitely it's looking for gaps in the market and I'm constantly educating myself. I'm always reading. I'm always trying to upskill. And I think understanding that you can take advice from people, but only you can do what you can in your business. So um, with the immense way that we've moved, so many people told me don't move so fast, don't grow so fast. And I just said, no, I want to. I have the ability to do this. And I think if you've got one, got the dedication and you're going to do the hard work, um, it's a big part of how I've grown so quickly. Um, but business plan, we plan everything out. Um, sometimes we do things unplanned. It's not my favorite thing, but we do them. Um, but yeah, really sticking to a plan, writing down exactly what we want and the future of it. And I think listening, I, I listen to my clients so much. So constantly getting feedback, constantly sending feedback out and listening to, I wish you had a graphic designer or I wish you had this product or I wish you could offer this service. And then immediately, if it's something to do with V, I'll be like, all right, let's upskill in it. Let's learn how to edit a podcast um, and having the ability to actually make the small tweaks rather than huge structural changes mm. is what I don't know how to break it down and explain it, but it just all works out in my head. Yeah. <laughs> it's like you're bypassing yeah. the fear somehow. Yeah. That a lot, I think I think it's fear for a lot of people and maybe as experience or, or some way that you've just you just sort of use the plan and skip through that bit <laughs> I worry about like, it later. Don't get me wrong. I'm petrified. I'm so scared of failing. You just but go anyway. I'm not going to let that stop me. And I always think, and I was actually talking to my partner about this today, it's what is the worst thing that can happen? I'm 26 years old. What is the worst thing that can happen to me? And you can fix it. So I just don't think. I just make sure that I cross all my T's and dot on my I's and then I just go for it really. Um I'm petrified of failure, but I also love it too. It's It scares me so much. But then when you can help at least one coach and just the relief that they have, it just really helps you continue going. So mm. I see so many people that are so scared of imposter syndrome and fear of failing. And don't get me wrong, I've done a lot of mindset work to get through that. But it's if you know what you're providing has value and obviously investing with people like yourself, like it gives you such a backbone to know exactly what you're doing. Mm. Um I just, I just don't listen to the thoughts and I just go for it. Just go. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's this saying I heard the other day, uh, simplicity on the far side of complexity. Mm -hmm. And it's like that, I think with this fear thing, it's like you have to go through to get something simple. You need to go through the trenches of the complex stuff to understand the problem, to deliver a simple solution right? Which is like you were the client, you yeah. went through all the hardships to then create a really eloquent or uh, elegant solution for them. Yeah. And I think, I think it's like that with fear. That's my belief is like, you have to go through some way, shape or form, basically like traumatic fear yeah. at some point, whether that's doing your first post on social media or yeah. starting a business. But then all of a sudden, you know, you can start to move, um, quicker yeah maybe i definitely go through my fear a lot yeah <laughs> i definitely have my days where i just feel like throwing in the towel but 
I think something as well that I always preach to clients is you need to have your team. Whether or not you have people working for you, you need to have your team. So I have people that I reach out to and say, I just need to vent. So, for example, people in the creator club, I'll say, hey, can we just book a call so I can talk to you about something so Mm. I can get a second opinion? And I always say that to people is you need to get out of the trench in order Mm. to see past it. And Mm. it's the solution is really simple, Mm. nine times out of ten. Often it's the very first thing you say in those conversations. Definitely. And even when I come to you in our calls and you're like, oh, this, I'm like, why didn't I think of that? (laughs) Yeah, it's like the thing you say when you start. (laughs) And then you just feel so refreshed knowing that there's people on your team and wanting to help you succeed so yeah. yeah failure it just seems like something i don't want to give into it when something doesn't work mm-hmm. and let's say you've tried let's say this six projects you've tried mm-hmm. and something you don't get feedback or there's mm-hmm. glitching or something what do you do like do you fight on it do you do you pivot like how do you go we definitely pivot so there's definitely a few things that have happened in the past few months especially like a product launch i've had to put back I think just being really honest with the clients. Um, I'm very honest. I'll say, look, it didn't pass quality control. We thought it was going to, but it didn't. Um, but it will be here in a few months. We're going to work on it. And I think being really honest with your clients, our clients understand the process of making products. They understand how difficult it is. Um, and we write so many books. Obviously, there's so many grammar errors sometimes or formatting errors. And it's like, no one's perfect. Mm. Just let us know. We'll fix it. We'll pivot. And it's definitely just, okay that's happened how can we fix it and honesty with the clients is the best policy and it's built so much trust with us so Mm. much and I've had to put back for example one of our spreadsheets and so many people are so keen on it and they keep messaging me I'm like I'm working on it and they're like oh okay yeah I know it's gonna be a really great product so I will wait so definitely honesty is the best policy for us and if something doesn't go to plan just not letting it get you down Mm. nothing ever goes to plan in a business ever so you have the plan but it doesn't go to plan. no like 70 percent of the time it might go to plan but a lot of the time you're just making it up as you go and i think yeah just pivot don't let it get you down having a growth mindset about it Mm. um you're gonna get negative people there's gonna be numbers there's gonna be all that kind of stuff happening um and yeah, it can hurt. I think I really let myself feel the failure for at least an hour or two. And then I'm like, okay, how can we fix it? Mm, and then just really moving on from it. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about this yesterday of three different uh, kind of like mind states yeah. that seem to be really helpful experiencing it, like mm-hmm. just experiencing whatever's going on, uh, creating. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you're just hammering something out. Yeah. And then problem solving. And if you can move between those three, you're always moving forward. Like you're, there's really, you're either experiencing that failure or the win or whatever, mm-hmm. celebrating it, whatever. You're figuring out what to do next if things went wrong or you're outputting stuff. Yeah. And then things pop up and might be circumstance or something didn't work. Uh, and you know, that's totally normal. You can experience it, but then the dwelling on it is the different thing. And yeah. I think... The speed comes from when you can move back to one of those three really quick. Yeah. I, I, I can think of a specific example. So the My Fitness Pal guide, it was probably out for four months and then we realized there was a couple errors in it and they were quite large errors. And when it all came together, I was a little bit stressed. And then I was like, no, you know what? We're going to cop it on the chin. I'm emailing everyone that's bought one and saying we're releasing a new guide. Everyone can have it for free if you're an existing customer. Um, and we've noticed like a few errors in it. And because I did that, 
the business that came back from it was crazy because mm. people were like, oh, they're actually owning up to their mistake. Like, that's cool. Um, and, yeah, just obviously it's really you put your soul into something and you want it to be perfect, but no one's perfect. Mm. And I think just owning up to it and changing it and letting your clients know that it's going to provide more value to them really helps. So Yeah, cool. Mm. Uh, final maybe thing while you're here because I think a lot of people listening will get value out of it. Mm what's is there any advice uh that you would give to coaches people who are listening obviously people who work with you will be getting the insight straight from the the source but if someone's listening either thinking about a business or they've got a business and they're kind of stuck or they're a coach yeah uh, online coach and they're just not sure what to do to kind of grow Mm. is there anything that you would share to them yeah, invest. Invest in a business coach. Invest in someone that can help you um, study the industry. And I think... What do you mean by that, study the industry? By like doing a little bit of research about what business is. Mm-hmm. I think so many... It happens so much. So many coaches are so excited to become a PT that they completely forget the stresses that come along with it with actually sustaining your lifestyle. Mm. And I think is really investing and looking into things. Business is a serious thing and it's all well and good to jump into something really quickly. I know that I did it, but you really need to put the time and effort into making something sustainable. Mm. Um, And just don't be scared to invest. I think if you are scared to invest in your business and the business isn't for you, if you're so passionate about something, you're going to put thousands of dollars and hours into it mm. and it will work out what you put in does come out. Um, and just getting advice, you can't do it on your own. I find a lot of people think that they can do it on their own, but you can't. You mm. just got to rely on people, network, mm. go to events, talk to people and support other coaches, like comment on their stories, you know, comment on their photos, share their things. That's by supporting someone else, you're going to get that support back. So, mm. Um, yeah, just being confident and not being scared to invest. If you're scared to invest, then there's obviously something there that's going to stop you from starting a business. Mm, so. It's interesting. We, for, for us, my background was retail and then a gym mm. and like in both cases, you're putting all of your money into yeah. this thing. And that's, that's just normal. Yeah. Like it's normal to put everything. A lot of people will go into debt. Mm-hmm. They're sleeping on a couch. It's like wake up at four in the morning, go to sleep at nine. But the monetary side of it, I think, in every other hospitality, every, sing, every single thing uh, is high. Mm-hmm. And then the online uh, thing popped up. And the, the barrier to entry to exist mm-hmm. is low. But the barrier to entry to invest in terms of like to create an actual business mm-hmm. may not be as high. You're not taking out a year lease on something. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's equalized out. So it's Mm. not that much different. Like you have to put quite a lot into it, even though it looks like it's really easy, like an Instagram platform. Yeah. But there's a lot behind that in order for it to actually work. And I think once coaches realize how good the business model for coaching actually is, it's a a subscription-based model with no overheads. Mm. As soon as you can understand the fundamental elements of that, then, and keep moving on it, they're set for life. As you said, you don't have to pay rent. Um, you just got to understand like that business model. I'm so jealous of it sometimes because it's a subscription basis. You have people that are with you for an extended period of time. Mm. It's so secure. And um, once they understand that fundamental and actually how to manage everything in the back office, then there really shouldn't be 
that many struggles with the innovation and the constantly staying up to date with all the trends mm. that are online at the moment. Cool. Well, I think that's where we'll go to today. The feeling that I get from everything is that, uh, you know, you're going to make someone's life easier mm-hmm. if they work with you. Yeah. And I think if you're listening and you're a coach who does online PT work and you even right now, as you kind of hear the end of the podcast and you think of like, you know, it might be, I don't know, it could be the, any of your spreadsheet stuff, like any organizational stuff, brand stuff. Like if there's, if there's loose ends that are splayed out everywhere, I was speaking to a, an accountant this morning about this at tax time, right? Mm-hmm. Like if it's the same thing. If you're seven years behind in tax or something, yeah. like you can't focus on doing the great work that you want to do. Yeah. And so if you're thinking about getting help with it, instead of waiting till like 20, well, I know you guys are like booked out, but instead of waiting for years, do that now. And then what you can do is focus on the people that you serve. They tell more people and the whole thing can have a positive gearing and, and with actually way less stress, which is the weird thing about it all. Like you can grow with less stress. The Pareto principle, mm. the 80-20 method. 80-20. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Just as we wrap up, I know you read a ton. Is there anything yeah. that you're reading at the moment that's good? Um, what am I reading? What do you do? Moment? Like a book a week or something? <laughs> I do like two books a week. Two sometimes. A week. Yeah. Um, I'm currently reading an investing book. Yeah. I loved your book. That was great. Oh, you're too kind. Love that. Um, did you pick up the spelling mistakes? I did. I was <laughs> going to email <laughs> you about it. Sorry, people have told me. There's uh, a whole backstory on getting those done. I'm a horrible speller as well. I always get picked up on it, so it's fine. Um, what am I reading at the moment? I'm reading The Conscious Investor. That's really good. Um, and I have also read – I'm having a bit of a mind blank. Oh, How to Run an Online Business. I will have to send you the cover of it. I don't know who wrote it. Unbelievable. Best book I've ever writ- read. It was all about the coaching business model and hmm. how to run it. Cool. It's incredible. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to add for people? We'll put all of the links for your pages and websites and stuff. Is there anything else you want to share? Uh, no, just come check us out. Yeah. <laughs> if you're a coach and you just want someone to assist you through the journey, just come and check us out. We're um, getting bigger and we definitely have the help there and the tools to help you out. What's that spreadsheet that people are asking about? It's a client tracker spreadsheet. So <laughs> there's two different ones. There's a nutrition one, but the one we're creating, it's kind of like an app within itself. So you put clients into the spreadsheet, you automate their payment methods and it will count down their minimum commitment periods. It will count down their check-in processes um, and it will give you lead generation statistics as well. So it's a little app in a spreadsheet that's just going to make coaches life's easier because again there's no easy way to track clients um there are really fantastic apps but they don't use the tools that the coaches need Mm. so um that's what it is it's coming soon i think the best part of it again we make products that make life easier um we've done a lot of coding on it we've done a lot of contracting work on it and basically the coaches click a button and it's all automated for them so that's what's coming beautiful (laughs) yeah all right we'll leave it there and we'll have to do another one again soon thanks so much definitely no worries thanks for having me all right that's it for this episode of the creative club podcast if you found that helpful and you can think of someone else who might like it feel free to send it along 
and subscribe to the show. That's the most helpful thing you can do for us. All right, that's it. We'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening.